Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 43. My name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. And today we are talking about parents forcing their kids to apologize. Yes, which we see all the time. And uh, you have been mean to me lately, sweetie. So I need, I demand that you say that you're sorry. Oh, you're making that up. I'm totally making it up. But that's what we do. I know. Why do we do that? I don't know. How useful is that? Well, that's what we're going to discuss because I think that most parents would think it's very useful because that's what they've been taught to do. And when I've brought this up with parents before, they will come at, you know, if I say, well, let's talk about forcing your kids to apologize. Well, you have to say you're sorry. That's manners. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well... There is the structure of manners, mm-hmm. like you know, ways to be sorry or ways to say sorry, and then there's the actual being sorry, mm-hmm. feeling it in your body. Right. And I think what we have to realize is what do we really want to teach our kids? How to throw out some words so they can walk away from a situation. You know, they can say, "Oh, sorry," mm-hmm. and then walk away. You know, and and think it's all over, even though they don't feel any different. Or do we want to teach them how to empathize? Mm-hmm. Which empathize is different than sympathize. Right. Sympathize is where you maybe feel bad from for someone for something that happened. Empathize is where you can really feel what you know someone else is experiencing, and you can say, "Wow, I would hate to have that happen to me. I'm so sorry." Well, I feel like this might be better suited if I make up an example. Okay. So let's say I'm at the playground and I see JC push down a boy. Okay. Really hard. Okay. Um, one option I have is I grab JC and I say. You can't do that. Say you're sorry. Say you're sorry. Right. And then she says her she's sorry, and then she moves on. Right. And That's option one. That's option one, okay. I think what you're saying, and there's probably three or four options we're about to go over, but I think what you're saying is you would rather have us say something like, JC, why did you do that? Yeah, come on. If I saw that, I'm kind of seeing it in my head, I would walk over and say, whoa, 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 what just happened? Okay. And have her tell me what happened. Okay, I'll be JC. I pushed him down because he pushed me first. Well, let's talk about that. What was going on? Why is anyone pushing anybody in this mm-hmm. situation? Well, he stole my toy. Um, or how about someone wanted to go down first? God, go down the slide first. Um, I wanted to go down the slide first, but he wanted to. And so it sounds like you guys were pushing each other to see who could go first. Right. Isn't there a way that we can figure this out where maybe he goes first this time, but then next time you get to go first? Um, yeah, maybe, but I'm still mad. Well, that's fine. You can be mad. There's not a problem with being mad because I know you wanted to go first, but is pushing going to help you get your way? Maybe. Well, did it just help right there? Well, now I'm in trouble from you. Right. So let's talk about this. Let's come up with some different ways that we can handle this situation. Rather than pushing, let's talk about something else we can do, like taking turns. Or what else do you think? What else can you do? Um, I can go do something else. There you go. You can go do something else. And so really what happened, Jace, is you're, you are, you're doing a good JC. Thank you. Is that I understand what you need and what you want to do, but pushing him is not okay. Mm-hmm. And, so, and you hurt him. Mm-hmm. So saying yeah. sorry right. is the right thing to do, right? Right now because you hurt him mm-hmm. and so there is a sometimes what I say to the girls I'm getting out of character here okay no is, more role-playing no more role-playing is I'll say to them when you are ready yeah. sorry is the best thing to say right not you have to say you need to say but you know when you are ready and, and what when you are ready means is take some deep breaths wrap your head around everything we just talked about and then you say sorry. There, I don't know if you remember. I'm pulling up stories in my head now, but there's been times where it's taken JC an hour right. to say sorry 
for something. I think something. it's been maybe even a full day. Well, maybe way back when. You may be right. Um, and, and we don't sit there and go, did you say it? Did you say it? But she, that is a f- completion of something that happened, meaning we do stay connected to it right. where we want to know when it happened and how she was feeling when it happened. It's not about... Um, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be the word sorry. It can mm-hmm. be, you know, when that happened, I didn't mean to do that, right. and I feel bad about it. Right. It's not about the word sorry. Right. It's about can you empathize with this other person? Do you understand why what you did was not okay? Right. Do you see how you could have gotten your needs met in a different way? Mm-hmm. Okay, ponder that, and when you're ready, you want to clear the air with that person. Right. Okay? So that's the way to look at it. Well, I think there's a distinction that needs to be made. Okay. One is um, if it's siblings... You know that, like, let's say J.C. hurt Cameron. Right. Then we know that we're going to be together. But if it happens at the park, like this one episode I saw last week, everybody's kind of done playing. And, um, but this one boy pushed this little girl down. And, you know, I don't want to get into all logistics, but the uh, day, you know, they were about to part ways anyways. Mm -hmm. So the mom didn't really have time to do all that stuff. But that's, I feel, and again, some people are going to disagree with this, but you were, you, you're talking about three-year-old children, right? Right. The mother can say, I am so sorry that that happened. Right. And say, I am going to have a conversation with my child about this. You know, this is not okay. Right. Meaning it's not about being like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My kid's such a bad kid. It's in this moment. We do not have time. Mm-hmm. And if I force my kid to say sorry to you, does that make it any better? Right. Did that heal anything? Well, and I think some of the parents might say, well, that's teaching them that when you hurt somebody, you apologize. You know, and you know what I think is teaching our children? Mm-hmm. Is when we do it as adults and they get to see it in real time. Right. Do we say we're sorry to a lot of people? Mm-hmm. Like, are we are adults walking around honestly with vulnerability, saying sorry to other adults, I think you and I, I mean, I'm looking at you and I know that we do to mm-hmm. each other. Right. And we, you know, I, I hope I do that um, with other adults. I know I do. I'm well, not we even going to say that. And we've said on the show, we even do it with our kids. Exactly. And so if we can role model that, they're going to understand what that means. I, um, just so everyone listening knows, I wrote a blog column about this uh, this week in Chicago Parent. So chicagoparent.com, and it's about forcing apologies. It's the most recent blog. And I write about how really it is, you know, children know how to be empathetic if they experience empathy firsthand. Mm-hmm. Meaning, are we empathetic with our children? Do we understand what they are going through? And do they see us be empathetic? Do they watch us be think about other people and think about not just getting our needs met all the time and how someone wronged us, Mm -hmm. but about how we can be more thoughtful about, um, you know, taking ownership for what we did and, you know, being that clear. And again, these things are difficult. You know, people are very used to blaming. Our society is very victim villain. Right. You know, there's got to be someone who did me wrong and I am the victim. Right. And there's so much gray in there. Well, and it's having strength through vulnerability and that's something I've been working on a lot because me being the macho guy um, you are so macho (laughs) (laughs) um, I have um, grown up with the idea that if you are a man you need to be strong and hard and don't let anybody in sweetie you know what you just said strong and hard (laughs) hey get your mind out of the gutter sorry Uh, instead I am starting to gain an insight through my own work that it's actually more strong to be vulnerable. You bet. And that is a lesson that I'm still learning. And it's an important lesson 
for a lot of the guys out there and even, you know, the women out there. Well, tell tell our listening audience what's been happening to you lately um, with other men, meaning since you, you've been doing this work for a long time. Right. But what have you realized in the last, like, maybe three or four months? What's happened with other men? Um, well, I, I, are you talking about my friends? Anybody that just, I'm, I'm oh, trying to get oh, you to. Oh, well, I've, I've had people come up to me, and I think it's maybe because of the show, and they talk to me about all these issues that they have. Yeah. And they're telling me things that, um, I mean, I don't know them very well, but yet because they listen to the show, they think they know me really well right. because I'm trying to be open and honest. And it's, it's, I actually get a thrill from it. Sure. Because like my one friend who I know, and I'm not going to say his name just because he probably doesn't want me to, but he's telling me about these problems he has with his wife and how he's struggling and how he needs to talk about it. And yeah. he's got nobody to talk about it with. Right. So he's talking to me about it. Right. And I, I, I treasure that conversation because I'm kind of like you. I'm getting less and less resistant to shallow talk. Yeah. And I really uh, relish um, guys that are willing to go to deeper places yeah. and have these conversations. So, And just in the, like you said, in the last six months, these people are just kind of coming out of the woodwork talking to me about these problems and I share my own stuff with sure. them. It's not like a one-sided thing. I mean, these But are... even if it was, I mean, it, it, the the thing that it's regardless of if it, it's a back and forth or just someone coming to you, when you begin to own your you know, be vulnerable in your oh, own yeah, life, yeah, yeah. when you begin to in I like to use the word shine your light or be um more of an open vessel. Mm -hmm. People see that and they're attracted to it and they know that they can trust you, not in a please keep a secret, but in a I know you're going to understand. Right. I know that you're not going to make fun of me. I know you're not going to turn around and tell other people. Right. I know you're not going to think I'm weak. I know you get me. Right. And this has been, that's why I do what I do for a living right. because I, I am I'm the same. Like, I appreciate that people come to me and tell me things, not so I have deep information, but because they know I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, even if I haven't experienced my, it myself, that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's just that whatever they're going through, it's okay. And the more that they can talk about it, the better they're going to be. And you, being an open space for that. Well, and it's one of those things. Once again, if everybody's waiting for the other person to be vulnerable, right. then no good exchange of energy or conversation or information ever happens. Exactly. And it's so transparent to me. I struggle with it when I watch other people doing it where they're being really tough or saying, oh, no, you know, I, I struggle with it because I know that everybody has this deep, this vulnerable place. And, right. and see, the word vulnerable, kind of like the word selfish, we have to change the definition of Yeah, there's of an it. energy be behind vulnerability. Like in football, if your defense is vulnerable, that's You're gonna not lose. good. You're going to lose, exactly. That, right. You're going to get tackled. And, and what I'm trying to get at is the, the definition of vulnerability that I'm trying to get at with my friends and our listeners is that vulnerability is actually a good thing and to cherish it. And there's times when I'm, I'm a hard shell and I don't want to let anybody in, but I'm getting better and better at softening myself up. And It's like a fake kind of strong. Yeah. When you have a hard well, shell, it's, like it's a you, fake strong. You even strong. said like with bullies. Most bullies are scared. Oh, they're so scared. They're yeah. insecure. Right. But instead of showing that vulnerability, they show it different ways through strength. They Well, through what they think is, is strength. strength, right. Which is, I'm going to make fun of people. I'm going to make other people look bad because if I make them look bad, I don't have to look at myself. Right. If I make other people look weak, then no one will notice how weak I am. Right. And the thing is, is everybody, everybody listening to this, you have to understand this, that to be vulnerable, 
or to be open about your emotions or be open about what scares you and that kind of thing, you do want to make sure you find someone you trust. You know, mm -hmm. you don't want to talk to someone who you think is going to turn that around on you. You do want to find someone you trust. But then understand that and take that to your children. Mm -hmm. When your children come to you with something that's very vulnerable to them or something that's very touchy, not they're not sure about it, to then push it back on them and say, well, that's ridiculous, or you shouldn't feel that way. Do you understand how you're shutting down their vulnerability? You're creating a pattern of, of yeah, these kids are shutting themselves down, and then all of a sudden they grow up, and they're a different person than you wanted them to be. Exactly, or they are a different person than they than they truly are. Yeah, than they should be. Than they, or, right, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like if we can role model this, <laughs> so much of being a parent in my eyes is being our full selves, so our children are given permission to be them, their full selves. It doesn't mean to be our full selves so our children become just like us. That's not what I'm going for because my three children are very, um, even though we have similarities, we live in the same house, they all have different interests, different things that they like. They don't have to be like me. Mm -hmm. But if they watch me be fully myself, they're given permission. And I'll give you an example. Two nights ago when we were having dinner, you said something that made me laugh really hard. Mm -hmm. And I started laughing really hard. And JC said to you, Dad, say that again. Make mom laugh really hard. Okay. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago with your sister making me laugh. Kids love to see their parents right. be light right. and laughing and be happy because then they get permission. To do they that. are shown that that is what life is. Right. And so when JC or any of my kids, Skylar, Cameron, see me laugh or see you laugh and be light and be funny, then they know they can do it too. Mm -hmm. If they, if kids come from a home where everything is quiet and everything, when I say quiet, what I mean is nobody talks about anything. It's very structured. It's very rigid. Then kids then think that's life. Mm -hmm. And so they don't break out of that box. Mm -hmm. They're just all confined. Well, in my example is I've been sick the last few days. I've have strep throat and I've been on penicillin for 24 hours. He's still kind of sick right now. I'm still kind of sick. Tell? And um, so I've been grumpy or maybe not grumpy, maybe but I've just been sick. And last night I had, you know, I was on a leave or whatever and I started feeling good. So I played with the girls on the bed a little bit and made them laugh and tickled them and everything. And they needed that so badly. Right. And I needed it too. It's not just about them, but I needed to make sure they knew that I was still here and I was still dad because for the most part, the last 48 hours, I've been sick in bed. And right. um, how important that is for them to interact with me physically, emotionally. And, you know, I had a moment of clarity where I'm like, I'm going to make each one of these girls laugh till they're about to pee in their pants. Right. And it was great. They loved it. And, you know, last night they were all good. And then they could let go of their concern about you yeah, because, because you showed them you can take care of yourself. And there is a concern. Like, I'm sure, like, even if I say, oh, daddy's fine, he'll right. be fine, there's still a part of each one of them that feels that I'm sick. Right. And carries a little heaviness. Heaviness because dad's not the himself. Right. And so let's take that to, you know, it's a great metaphor. You are literally physically sick. Your right. body is going through... A lot of us just carry around heavy energy about life. Mm -hmm. And so our kids are constantly hoping right. that they can see the sun a right. little bit through us or that they can see because our kids end up viewing the world similarly, not always exactly the same, but similarly through you know what they're allowed to see in their own home. Right. And so can they see that we are reaching for, you know, to better ourselves can they see it doesn't mean that we don't have challenges too mm -hmm. that's normal too but can they see that we're trying to find a place of happiness like right. even in your sickness you're like okay i'm gonna do something different right. now um 
it just gives them, you know, I, I've said this three times already, but it gives them permission. So then when we say, what, you know, let me take this to a different place. Parents who, um, it tends to be women a lot, who are on constant diets right. and are constantly worried about their body and how they look and that they're five pounds overweight or 50 pounds overweight and they're constantly talking about it. And, and then their little girls view their bodies that way. Yep. <clears throat> and then the mom will say to the little girl, but you're perfect. Look mm-hmm. at your body. But the girl can't even see herself. No, what she sees is what she's observing. Exactly. She sees her mom. Her mom to her is the most beautiful thing in the world. And her mom doesn't like her own body. Mm-hmm. So if her mom doesn't like her own body, then this little girl's body must not be very good either. And right. I know these are hard things for people to understand because they'll say, but my little girl's 30 pounds and mm-hmm. she's this and that. It's not about the weight, you doesn't guys. doesn't matter. It never has been. It's about what's going on inside your head. Right. And um, so the gifts that we can give to our children, if we want our children to have a good body image... Love your own. We need to have a good body image, and it goes on from there. Yeah, you can carry that example to anything, anything. whether or not you think you're smart, or you know, if you're self-deprecating um, to yourself, or if you're if you rag on your spouse or your partner, how demeaning and how influential that is so to these kids and parents who are unconscious and kind of go through the motions, think, well, I'm not doing anything to the kids. I'm just talking about myself or I'm just talking about my spouse. And they don't know the um what happens, the result of They can't differentiate. No. It's all the same. And we're here to tell any parents who may be have moments of unconsciousness, you if you want to be a good parent, you need to start loving yourself and loving your partner. Exactly. And that you, and these were making this sound really simple. Yeah. It's a practice. Yeah. Are there days when your partner challenges you? Of course, but talk about it. Last week on the show, we talked about talking about difficult things instead of saying, Oh, for two weeks, my husband has done this or that. And he doesn't even notice this or that. Why don't you bring it up? Mm-hmm. Why don't you say, honey, you like last night, um, you've been sick, as you said, and I, have had some deep awarenesses lately. And so last night I said, you know what? I really still, I know you're not feeling well, but I still need to talk about this because I want to be on the same page about this. And you totally were like, okay, let's go. And I wasn't like, no, he's sick. He doesn't get it or he doesn't get me or he didn't. I mean, I could go to that place. Right. But instead it's like, and the thing is. And I needed you to nudge me a little bit. Yes. Like if if you could have gone in two different directions you could have gotten upset and internalized it right and and blamed. started and blamed and then next time you talk to one of your friends you're like god i'm just i'm not on the same page with todd and blah 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 instead you said i told you some deep things and we haven't really talked it you haven't commented yet. to me let's talk about it so right? we had a really good talk last night for about an hour but uh, it's weird it's for some reason maybe it's because i was sick or whatever it just wasn't top on my mind but as soon as you kind of Open the door for me to walk through it. I was fine, right. and ma- that's all it is. It's just it's just opening the door, just allowing a little bit of crack of of sunlight through that door, and I'll walk through. Well, people tend to look for outside validation, right. meaning someone has to approach us and say, "I want to talk to you. I want to listen to you," and then it gives us that mm-hmm. permission to do it instead of loving ourselves enough to say. I want to talk. Mm-hmm. Will you listen to mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. And you know what? There may be some people who aren't very good listeners, and you better figure out who those people are right. and stop telling them deep things. Because right. some people are not in the best heart place right now. They may be eventually. Right. And the other thing is, is if we're talking about your partner here, something that you have to do is someone, is, we've said this before too, but you got to start. Mm-hmm. Meaning you may be saying now, well, my husband will never do that. My wife will never do that. But someone's got to make a shift and say, 
will you listen to me? I know we don't do this very much, but I really need it. Everybody, I just believe everybody's good and that in some place in all of us, we're going to be like, oh, wow, that was really vulnerable. Of course, please talk to me. Right. Well, and um, I, I think that some couples are attracted to chaos. So in other words, let's say somebody takes our advice and a, a wife has something that she wants to get off her her chest and goes down at one thirty in the middle of the Bears game yeah. and says, I really want to talk about yeah. this. That's a that's, that's a, a bad, bad idea. Yeah. You need to be selective with it. Um, if it, you know, you didn't get me when I was in the heat of my illness. Mm -mm. I was having a good few hours, right. and that's when you selected to do that. So you need to have some real world intuitiveness to decide when a good time might be and, and and be thoughtful enough that you wouldn't say well what's more important football or me don't do right, that kind yeah, of stuff don't play those it's games it's setting the situation yeah. up for failure and a lot of couples need the, the their egos need to get off on each other right and that's a way that a woman subconsciously might do that like oh i know i'll bring it up but i'm going to bring it up at this time just right. so all just of a sudden... so because they really want to be shut down yes. and then then they can say see yeah. i was right they want to prove to themselves see? and and we do so much of that game playing and and sometimes it's hard to see though don't you think like people who are going through this it's hard for them to see it with their own eyes i do i do and i don't know i don't know how to help them well what i always think is i sometimes i say things and i know that this show is kind of different for some people and i also i teach a college class so i'm saying a lot of these things to my college students who are only 21 and sometimes i get really crazy looks from them because right. they're like whoa who is this lady but what i think about is sometimes you need to hear something a number of times and i'm okay with being someone who tells you something first. Right. I may be someone who tells you something fifth. Right. But if you're hearing this for the first time and you're like, what? That's okay. Right. Because you're going to hear it again mm -hmm. from somebody else, from, you know, it doesn't have to be us. And maybe after a while, don't you feel like that's the way things Absolutely. sit in? Absolutely, like from a book or, you know, you, yeah. it just slowly seeps into you if you allow it to seep yeah. in. If you shun everything, then you're probably not going to make many changes for the better. Right. But if you just kind of, instead of judging an idea that you don't agree with just just let it let it come in and then over time i think you'll get more and more examples coming your way and saying oh well maybe i'm starting to get this a little right, bit right right i i can see this a little differently and my my big tip for people when you're not sure is does it feel good like when Todd and I say something on the show or when you're reading a book or watching Oprah's life class or something and they say something and it just really resonates where you go oh my gosh that would be so great that's so awesome that's truth right when something feels good and I don't mean in the go have a cigarette feel good right I mean when something feels good deep down inside your gut right. that's truth right and then people will say well yeah that's true but 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 that yeah. won't work for me but 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 that's fear right yeah. So it's like it doesn't mean you can change it right there, but when some if something we say on this show or on any other show or a book feels good, take that to heart mm -hmm. and say, "Ooh, that really resonates with Write me." Write it down. Do something yeah. to allow that feeling to grow. It's like you're planting a seed. You're planting a seed, and you're like, "Wait, that sounds good." And I'm then also be aware when the yeah buts come in, know that that is fear, yeah, or know that that is ego, or know that that is not who. Maybe that's your brain. It's anything other than who you are. Old programming, Old society, pro right? Your best friend, your you know, all these things that surround us. And it's not to shun the fear or the ego or the negative energy, because that's always going to be there. But just step away from it. Be aware of it and recognize mm -hmm. it instead of let it become you. I don't right. know if that makes sense. No, no, it does. Instead of decide, oh wait. 
because fear is sometimes is is obviously heavier, right? Not in not in not a good way. Meaning it scares us and makes us think there's no way I can do things that way. So I'm just gonna stay stuck in this old pattern. Right. We're talking so generally right now. It's like we're, but you know, it's it's okay. We're we're, we're getting a little zen deep here. We're, this is this is zen times there, ten. There's zen light. There's zen medium and zen <laughs> deep. This is zen we're deep. going zen deep. We're like off the um, path, to, or we're actually on the path today. But you know what? I trust our listeners Me to too. let us kind of go deep Talk. a little bit. Well, and you know because. Uh, you have something that you brought up at the beginning of the show that made me laugh. We were talking about forcing apologies, and everything we've talked about has to do with forcing apologies because it has to do with being vulnerable, being yourself, being real, allowing your children to see who you are. And when they are in situations where they... You know, an apology may be warranted. Focus on the feeling first. What are they experiencing? What are they feeling? What happened? Don't do victim and villain. Let them both share their sides of the story. Maybe one person was in the wrong, quote right. unquote, but at least they got to share. Right. Because that's being empathetic towards Instead, them. Instead, you're judging without hearing anything, yeah. and the kid's like, oh, if I'm not even going to get my say... What what good is what good are you doing that kid? And like when parents say, "Well, I'm sure my kid did it." Oh my gosh, that breaks my heart. Yeah, that's that's even worse than when the parent accuses the other kid. Right. I, I would rather have a parent accuse the other kid than accuse their own. Me kid. too, because it, who's advocating for this child? Exactly. I think about what happens when that kid goes home. I know. And so the thing is, is is you don't have to be extreme on either side. Don't say, "I'm sure my kid did it," and don't say, "It must be everyone else but my kid." Say, "I want to hear both sides. Right. Let's talk about it. I trust who you are, but you may have made a mistake. So let's see." Right. So anyway, we're talking about forcing apologies, and Todd brought something up, um, the the show that you're going to show. Oh, the Seinfeld the thing? The Seinfeld should thing. Should I do that now yeah, or should do I do it at the end? Well, it's kind of funny okay, because so it's about George I, I, forcing an apology. Everybody's seen Seinfeld. So this is George Costanza, and James Spader is the guest, and whatever. Um, George stretched out a sweater of his. <laughs> so George is demanding. Wait, didn't James Spader stretch out a sweater of George's? Uh, because he's demanding an apology. Well, either way. I don't know which way way it goes. Either way, George's ass is forcing James Spader to apologize. Okay, so here it is. You're an alcoholic. You have to apologize. Step nine. Step nine. I'm so sorry that I didn't want your rather bulbous head struggling to find its way through the normal-sized neckle of my finely knit sweater. So, so that's what you get when you f- try to force someone to apologize. You're going to get a smart alecky, unempathetic, you know, not kind response. And when Todd brought that up, he found it and it made me laugh. It so. was. That was good. That's uh, George Costanza, one of the best TV characters of all time. George Costanza is still working on himself. Yes, he is. He and is. he makes us laugh because we see ourselves in him. He's still working on himself in the form of the Larry David show. <laughs> yes, he sure is. Um, so a few things. What uh, is Poofin? Um, Poofin is the greatest thing. We have like 10 of them in our house right now because we give them as gifts. Poofin is this star, and it's this soft pillow. And in the middle of the pillow, there's a circle, um, which actually represents the journey of life, which I love. And so you can stick charms in the circle in the front, or on the back of the pillow, there's a zipper. I've never commented on that, but that's where our girls tend to put their charms in with the zipper, and that's how they can easily get them out. And the charms are just basically representations of who your child is. It's like maybe a picture that's on a charm, or a soccer ball, or a color of an eye, because they have blue or brown eyes, or a type of animal that they love. And then they, they collect these charms and put it in their poof and pillow, 
and it is a representation of them. They could take it with them on overnights. They can do a lot of things. What we do is, and I talked about this last week, uh, I can't stand shopping, so we just have about five on, on order. We have five in our basement, and whenever it's time for a birthday party, it's pre-wrapped, it's everything. They're wrapped, and so all we do is we like are like, okay, it's time to go to the party. We go grab one, and every person that we've given a poof into has emailed us immediately mm-hmm. and said um, that was a great gift. So if you like us and you like Zen Parenting and you like our message, please do us a favor and support our sponsor, Poofin. Uh, the coupon codes you can use to make your uh, purchase even smaller is Poofin Gift 4. Poofin Gift 4, and that's if you buy four gift sets, uh, they cut 15% off. And then Zen Charm is another one which gives you a discount as well. So you can use both coupon codes. Correct. Or if you're just going to get one Poofin, just put in Zen Charm. Right. Exactly. And you'll get a, you know, a discount. So go to Poofin.com. And um, at least check it out. We, we're having a ball with right. it, but we highly recommend Help it. Help us out. It's good for conscious parents. It's good for raising conscious and um, uh, very thoughtful children. And it saves time in your schedule. It sure does. Avid, Avid Company, um, they do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Give them a call, 630-956-1800. Once again, if you want to help us, Contact our sponsor if you have any uh, painting or remodeling needs in the Chicagoland area. And go to their website, avidco.net, to see some of their, you know, before and after pictures. <clears throat> and going back to this show and forcing apologies, two things. I was on WGM this weekend talking about forcing apologies. So check out our Facebook page, Zen Parenting Radio, and the interview is there. And also um, check out my article on chicagoparent.com. I talk more in depth about forcing apologies, so it just kind of gives you more information. And get a group together and let us come in and talk to you guys. Yeah. Or just the girls, and then you'll come in. Yes, whatever. Or the guys, and then I'll just come in. There you go. Either way. So this is Todd Adams saying farewell. And this is Kathy Adams. Adios. Adios.